to Warp Zone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, pol- politics, <laughs> gaming, and anything else taboo. Taboo. That was the worst taboo. intro ever. Do you want to do it again? Nah, no, just leave it. Don't worry about it. Um, how are you? I am good. Who are you? Tara Smith. I am a PhD candidate at the University of Sydney, doing my PhD on science fiction. Uh-huh. And what's science fiction? We won't get into that. that. (laughs) Have you got... We got two hours. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I am Ben Manasic, also a PhD uh, candidate here. Award-winning. May I just... uh, Award-winning. Just make that. Yes, yes. (laughs) As are you, yes. Our (laughs) award-winning... How so... How how hoity and toity. Um, Today we're going to be talking about War of the Worlds, um, in particular musical. But before we do that, what have you been doing? Um, I think it's your turn to go first. I think oh. I went first last time. So what have you been doing? I lost my card. My, yeah, my you messaged me about that. My card for the shop. That was shit. That's annoying. Yeah. Do you know where you lost it? No. no like, yeah, like the proximity. Like a, yeah, the I kind of know. Yeah, no, no. So we did the banking in the morning. So Isaiah's birthday was on the weekend. Is that interesting? What, how many what card digits are on it? And, and on the reverse <laughs> Yeah, four, yeah. five, six, yeah. one. <laughs> if anyone has seen it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really annoying. So it's my shop card, which means all of the direct debits are linked to that card. No, um, so I really spent nice. like four hours going through like my bank statement, seeing which um, direct debits come out of that card, mm. and then having to go onto those websites like bloody IINet. They send you the password via mobile, and the password that they send me has like capital letters. And then a long letter, which looks like an L oh, no. or an I. Yeah, so I'm yeah. doing capital I, like it's not working. And I call them up and they go, no, nah, it's an L. <laughs> like, well, what's next to G, capital G? And a capital M on the other side. <laughs> like, what? Anyway. I think um, there should be someone that's job is to just find all your parts. Like, when you lose your wallet, they just send it off yeah. for you. But there'd be so much secure information in there that you wouldn't ever be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's, seriously, it's one of the worst jobs. And it, when you lose your whole wallet, it's like ten times worse. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that. So that was really bad. I was really angry at myself for doing that. Um, I fixed up my vir- virtual pinball machine, which is really good. Because um, it's just made out of wood. Um, and so the edges of it are really sharp. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I bought some, like, metal stuff and plastic and rubber nice. and yeah I'll, I'll fix that up so i've been playing a little bit of virtual pinball been playing some mega drive games because tonight i'm recording with the game the system guys mm-hmm. about the greatest mega drive game ever released which is uh, i can't give you that oh it's a spoiler. right so you have to tune in to yeah game the system because podcast. i will actually release this before they release their podcast and yeah no, we don't want to step on any anybody's yeah. toes. We don't. We don't. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, that's going to be tonight. Next week I'll ruin it. Next week I'll talk about how disappointed I am. Which one is? Is this the, the games that we got you? Mega Drive games, the ones we got from? I oh, know that's Sega Saturn. Which ones are the Mega Drive games? Uh, they're the larger cartridge, like the sort uh, of. Yeah. Okay. I'm making hand gestures for the listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was great I, radio I need listening. a visual. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Excellent, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, so that's been good. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to be playing next because I've been playing my Switch a little bit. I've mm-hmm. um, been playing Golf Story. Oh, yeah, nice. It's a sto- I don't know if I've You told me that. about it, yeah. The, yeah. All you want to do is play Golf, golf story. story, but you had to do that, the <laughs> yeah. application for the teaching award. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm marking at the moment. So I've <laughs> just been spending every spare minute marking, and all I really want to do is play Golf Story as well. Yeah. Um, tomorrow I'll start writing my article on Walter Day as well. So I've got an article to be published over the next month or two mm-hmm. um, all about Walter Day and how he is the exemplar of the spiritual traveller. 
Mm, awesome. Just Is that for Carol's yeah. chapter? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that's going to be really good. Mm. Uh, aside from that, oh, Zoe's birthday was on the weekend. You yeah. came. I did. It was mm. fun. Midagong was quite far away. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and you made an effort because of the parking on the M5 issue or whatever. Yeah, no, there's a couple of car crashes on the way. Yeah. Um, But no, it was fun. Um, I did pretty well at Tempin. It's a pretty good score. I always kind of stuff up the first bowl and then the second bowl's better. And then because I was doing, like, dad things, I had ring-ins, so I pointed at my brother. My brother... He's a sporty guy. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, and I saw <laughs> your and Tom faces, like, because he's taller than me and he's quite muscly and stuff. I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to be doing my bowl this turn. And he goes in up and he gets, like, a spare straight away. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> Where did he come from? And then what happened the last round? My dad was called in somehow. Yeah, I think you just weren't there and then he yeah. just bowled. My dad is not a sporty person. My dad enjoys sport, but he's mm. not a sporty person. Um, so that was not. Great. Um, Jack seemed to enjoy himself. Isaiah seemed to as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lots of kids running around. Which is no, good. I like hanging out with Jack. He's a nice mm. kid. And yeah. Isaiah, but Jack's a bit older. I find older kids a little bit easier. Yeah. There's a bit more personality as they age. Yeah. Yeah. And Isaiah can be quite abrasive. My, <laughs> my mother listened to the show. Yeah, she said that. Yeah. So if you're listening, right, what's your mum's name again? Anne. If you're listening, oh, Anne. Anna. Anna, thanks mm. for tuning in. This is actually a test, yeah, Anna, to see if you're actually tuning listen, in. Don't, no, no, don't. but if you're actually listening, you have to mention the colour yellow next time you see Ben. That's no, the code word. No, because then she'll <laughs> give me something yellow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your mother listens, though. Not to all of them, but yeah, she did in the beginning. She doesn't listen to all of them. I don't think so. Why not? Um, I think she she finds sometimes all the talk about, like, games and stuff a bit boring, I think. Yeah. Your part's really... That's <laughs> quite tragedy of a, a Greens MP. Yeah. No, she, she, she likes mm. it. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, we had the party. That was quite fun. Mm. Mm. Um, aside from that, I've been working a lot. At the shop or...? Mm. Yeah. Is it amping up? It is amping. It's yeah. good. And it's everyone... All the suppliers are wanting to be paid yesterday, and it's oh, really same, annoying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, but there's Christmas around the corner, and they don't increase the credit limits or anything as mm. you lead up to Christmas, so That's it's annoying. really fucking annoying. Yeah. Yep. Um, aside from that, what have you been doing? Um, been pretty busy too. So Tuesday we also we had trivia and we won. Right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we did win. Yeah. I left a little bit early, mm. um, which um, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> no, you turned up with a like a. Bloody monitor. Yeah, so, so we went it. to leave a bit early, and mm. then we walked, like, 10 metres outside of um, 89, and there was, like, a, a bunch of rubbish, and we always like to scrounge around the rubbish, <laughs> just as you do. And so, we, so, like, we're walking with our friend Sanjano, and we're sort of just... And I was like, hang on a second, and Tom and I just suddenly start, like, rifling through trash and things like that. Yeah. And we see this monitor, and... and we still had the office... Um, like the extension numbers stuck to it <laughs> on the top right hand corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so basically Tom's pretty good and knows sort of that Ben likes those old computers. I didn't realise he liked those old ones. But yeah. um we called you up and then we went and delivered it, which was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then So I was looking at it and I'm like, Oh, I do want this but I don't want this model, so I want another model and I know that Matt has been after a CRT for a while. And mm-hmm. Matt's lent me his super gun. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be a nice gesture, and I'm like, Matt, do you want it? And he's like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and so Matt is not the biggest guy. It's like a heavy computer as well. Yeah, and he's a, like basically half a foot shorter than me. So. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then so we leave together later, 
and he's holding the thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch an Uber to the city because Jody was saying in the city. Oh, yeah. And now he lives um, when you go to King Street. Like, you go King Street and then Enmore Way. Like, he lives that way. Oh, okay. Um, he's like, well, I have to walk 100 metres down the road to catch my bus. It's like, where are you going in the city? And I said, I'll walk square. And he goes, oh, yeah, that could work. So he hops in my Uber. He goes to the city. So then he only has to walk 50 metres <laughs> to, to nice. go to the bus and then catches the bus I would love to have seen him on the bus with just this giant <laughs> yeah. old school monitor. Yeah. So he went to, to, like, a busier place as well. So, yeah, I think that he would have been publicly shamed I want sure. us to bring it every month. Uh, yeah, so for, at, at every trivia, that could be, like, our... Yeah. Um, <laughs> our mascot. Our mascot. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, And I've, I've heard that the last... To win, you had to play, was it Street Fighter? Street Fighter, <laughs> yep. And Evan was actually there for the entire trivia. Yeah. So he got called in, like the former world record holder at Street Fighter, <laughs> so and good. smashed the guy. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, which other team won? It wasn't the other the team that often beats us. Yeah, yeah, they oh. come second. Yeah. Do they know, yeah. did anyone, did everyone know that Evan's so good at it? Yeah. Well, we told them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. They were disappointed. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah, which is great. Um... Uh, but yeah, they've changed the rules now with trivia. So uh, second place, that if we beat another team, they get put into second place. Oh, so okay. that makes me, that's a bit fairer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can't use fair. our money on food. That's annoying. Yeah, that's oh. right. We spend more money on drinks. Anyway. Yeah, so that so we had that's what we did on Tuesday, and then Thursday and Friday I had a conference um, on bodies. Yeah, it was a conference that you said. So it was an on um, a postgrad conference. It was actually really good. Hmm. So it was for two days, and I um, chaired two panels: one on AI and one on cyborgs, because um, it's two areas of interest of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really good, and everyone was really friendly, and I made a couple of friends, and it was just like a nice atmosphere because hmm. you don't have like the kind of um, arrogance and stuff you get at some old academic conference. You have everyone's trying to like jostle for. Yeah. So everyone was really nice. I actually had a good time. So that was on Thursday and Friday. Um, oh, yeah, there's also someone did a talk. So in the AI panel, I was talking about a French um, existential philosopher. I can't remember his name. It wasn't anyone we'd mentioned because okay. I was keeping... No, it was a, a bit more obscure name um, who had based his theory off um, the... Who does the... Uh, what's his name? Merleau-Ponty. No, no. Who's the pert philosopher that does the um, Cognito? Cognito? Yeah. Descartes? Descartes, yeah. yeah. I think it was someone based off Deleuze or De- um, Descartes. I can't remember which one. Anyway, but it was all about mm. to do with um, that you don't know who's writing things as a computer. Like, you can have text, but, like, you as a writer, who's actually writing it? And, and, and is it the paper that's, like, all about this kind of loop mm. and the interaction between... It's very, it was very philosophical. But I actually felt like I picked up on, like, 20% when normally I wouldn't have picked up on any of it. Oh, so that's cool. That was good. But all the philosophers in the room were like, oh, that's a lot like, you know, Deleuze, or that's a lot like... And he talked a bit, like, about Heidegger, because it was about, like, being yeah. and things like that. And everyone was, had their own piece, like, to bring up their own favourite philosopher. That's cool. But he was French, the guy doing the talk. I think you would have really liked it, but, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of it went straight over my head. It was very, like, technical and... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that was quite interesting. I was just proud of myself that I could pick up on, like, that's even awesome. a few words. <laughs> it was good. And then um, on the weekend, I pet sat for our friends David and Gail. So we looked after their two little poodly dogs. That was mm-hmm. good. And, oh, yeah, I was on another podcast. Yeah. Another one? Yeah. So this one's a science fiction roundtable oh, podcast. Oh, Tara's cheating on me. <laughs> I Because I, I gave them the link to our podcast. Yeah. So hopefully they can share it. Um, but it was good. It was interesting. It was about sci-fi and my PhD thesis and all that sort of stuff. That's cool. So what, what's one-off. their podcast? What are they? Uh, it's called the Sci-Fi Roundtable. Oh, that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's why that way you're, you're being descriptive then. <laughs> no, that's not... what they call it. <laughs> um, but once I've got it up, I'll link it and then I'll get them. Uh, hopefully they'll link ours and stuff. But I got mm. one of the guys who was running it, Shane, he listened to the podcast, our podcast. He listened to a couple of episodes to get Really? Yeah, which was nice. Huh. So hopefully we'll get some more listeners. I should stop reacting like that. People say I've listened <laughs> yeah, to the podcast. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then yesterday... On Monday, on the public holiday, I played. I went to a driving range with my dad and um, my half sibling. Yeah, I know. So you went to a driving range. Yeah, I'm terrible at it. Wow. Did not enjoy it. So then I kind of threw in the dummy, and then we went and played putt putt instead. I much preferred. <laughs> yeah. I'm not very good. I'm not very sporty, and I kept trying to hit it, and nothing would kind of I was terrible yeah. at it. So that was nice. So we went and played putt putt at the one we walked past. You know the one that looks like a club, but it's actually a mini golf. It's right near 89, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, We went in there. It was actually oh, really fun. You can oh, take... Okay. Kids can come up as long as it's before five. Yeah, that's down other end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only pay, like... You only have to pay, I think it's like... Maybe like $16 for nine holes. But if you keep your yeah. balls all the way... You don't... At the very last hole, they fall in and you can't get them again. But we just skipped the last hole. Played mm. three times. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then at the end, put it in. But it's yeah. actually really fun. I'd recommend it. Like, if you've got kids and you want to go have a game or something, it's fun. Okay. I'll take the kids. That's yeah. cool. Yep. So, that was mm. me. That was me. So, I was actually quite busy. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, all right. Without any further ado... Uh, we are going to play a little bit of War of the Worlds. Uh, the song track that we both said that are, is our favourite track actually ended up being the same track. So we'll just split it. Um, I'll play half now and half later. This is Forever Autumn by, uh, well, it's by lots of people, but it's, it's part of the Jeff Wayne's uh, musical interpretation of War of the Worlds. Enjoy. For three days, I fought my way along roads packed with refugees, the homeless, burdened with boxes and bundles containing their valuables. All that was of value to me was in London. But by the time I reached their little red brick house, Carrie and her father were gone. Darker days are drawing near The winter winds will be much colder Now you're not here I'll watch the birds fly south Across the autumn sky And one by one they disappear I wish that I was flying with them Now you're not here Like the sun through the trees you came to love to kick our way 
talk about uh i'll give a little bit of introduction about world of wells and then a little bit of introduction about um awesome wells along with hg wells because mm-hmm. um, both are important in this um uh you know tracking and there's uh some collective amnesia <laughs> in relation to um something in this and then we'll go to jeff wayne um so uh, written in 1895 to 1897 by herbert george wells uh, War of the Worlds was a serial that was released in uh, a magazine. Sci-fi, apparently. Mm. So it's apparently classified as sci-fi. Oh, is it? Interesting, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you knew yeah. that. Do, do you hear that, Mark? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it covers the story from a writer uh, who is unnamed and his brother. Um, these are moulded into the same character in the musical. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of separation there. There's also the wife of the writer is just referred to as his beloved um, or loved. Yeah, didn't have much of a backstory, I'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so she's um, uh, further removed in the book um, and the serial, so it's completely written from the, the perspective of the writer, whereas in the musical um, she's given a name and there is some interaction there as well. So mm-hmm. there is some differences between the musical and the, the short novella. Uh, however, it's generally the same thing. Um Wells wrote it because he has a history of scientific writing and teaching. Um, he wrote scientific papers, and he was taught by Thomas Henry Huxley, mm-hmm. who yeah. n- uh, named himself as Darwin's bulldog. Yeah, um, he's very prominent. Very Darwin. Yeah, yeah. So that's where Wells was interested in this. The other um, bit of um, influence was Wells was talking with his brother about how the Tasmanian Aboriginals were all wiped out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, within, like, a very short period. He mentions that in um, the book as well. It's mentioned in the book, yeah. Um, So he, uh, Wells says to his brother, imagine if there were Martians that came to our planet and treat us us the same way as we treated the Tasmanian Aboriginals. Mm. What would we feel? And that 
leads him to actually writing War of the Worlds. Yeah. So it's all in, in reaction yeah, to that. Yeah, but even um, The Island of Dr. Moreau is very got a lot of, like, evolution vibes. Yeah. And he's always trying to... He's sort of taking a lot of um, evolutionary theory and putting it in story form. And he's very preoccupied with science mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, Invisible Man as well. Yeah. Has, yeah. So um, these things come up over and over again. Um, so that's that's H.G. Wells. Orson Wells, um, not a relation... Also not spelled the same way. Um, and people mix up the two often. Um, he took the story and then applied it towards a radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, the newspapers said that there was wide hysteria about this and everyone was up in arms and in a panic. Um, Think it was real, right? Thinking it was real. According to certain stories, the police tried to gain access to the CBS. Um, now, all of that is possible conjecture. Mm-hmm. Um, what is true is that lots of people were disturbed about it. However, the report that was done following the release of the radio broadcast assumed that there was a wider radio uh, listenership, and that's been questioned later. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also no reports at all in the media of any deaths or injuries as part of um, the release of the radio broadcast. But Wells is publicly shamed about this, and he's publicly shamed by the newspapers, not by the radio media. So there's been recent academic work about um, why this um, questioning was was done by the, the newspapers, and people are starting to think now, actually, it has to do with a change of media. The newspapers are feeling threatened oh, right. that they um, their media is being taken over yep. by this new... Um, new uh, you know, radio killed radio. the newspaper stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's... Basically, what happened? Hitler does actually comment on it, though. So, with the the um, newspaper stories that mm. were coming out in America, um, and what Orson Welles actually did is rename a lot of the places in the book um, to American um, cities, so it seemed more real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's grasped by the media, um, grasped by the newspapers, and then it's further released in Europe. Hitler says this shows how democracy is in a corrupt condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then H.G. Wells and Orson Wells meet each other, and H.G. Wells um, said, well, uh, I don't see any um, panic about this, um, and, and he likened it to the panic that is done on um, Halloween. Right. So when yeah. people go out into the streets and they're doing shocks and scares, but it's nothing actually real at all, um, that's what he likened mm-hmm. it, it to. And Orson Welles was actually um, quite taken back by mm-hmm. that and was quite thankful. Uh, fast forward to 1978. Jeff Wayne releases a musical album um, on the 9th of June as a rock op- opera, and it has then been produced as a stage opera as well. Uh, it features Richard Burton as the main narrator, uh, and he is reworked to be just a journalist, whereas in the book, um, the narrator uh, or journalist is also a writer of speculative philosophy. Yeah. Which is quite cool. And there's two, and then there's another person that does the story of the ship battle, right? That's it's right. separate. Whereas yeah. in the, yeah. it's the same narrator throughout. His, his brother. So yeah. he's, um, he's, he's talking with his brother and writing yeah. to his brother. Um, but yeah, it's the same person, which means it's a little bit disjointed if you like mm-hmm. but they uh in the the musical they sort of mold uh, meld it all into one single place yeah um 
So you'd, you'd lose some of the notations of where things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Burton is the, the person that's um, the main narrator. Justin Hayward is the, um, the singer. Richard Burton is um, from Hamlet and 1984 mm-hmm. fame. He had a really tragic life, actually, and he died um, because he was an alcoholic mm-hmm. just in his early 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the stage production, it's still produced now. They still feature... Richard Burton's voice throughout it, mm-hmm. and they have this big, you know, head um, over the audience, which yeah. shows him Pretty talking. Cool. Uh, David Essex is the artillery artillery man. Phil Lynott is the parson, who's mm-hmm. Nathaniel, and Julie Corrington is Beth. Yeah. Uh, main characters is the journal, uh, journalist. There's also, oh, I said, the parson, who is a priest or a vicar, vicar, and the artillery man and Beth. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, in general? So we could talk separate. I think that it's probably good to talk separately because I was considering this afterwards. Like if you dislike this type of music, you're mm. not going to like this type of production, mm. um, possibly. But You mean do I dislike 70s progressive rock? Well, is that? <laughs> no, because I really like it. Yeah. So it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't the music music that I didn't like. Oh, you didn't like it. No. <laughs> I think you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I listened to the whole thing. The problem I had is that it wasn't passive listening because you couldn't listen to it like an album, hmm. but neither could I listen to it like an audiobook, which it's, it was weird. It was like, to me, it was like it, it didn't quite fulfill either one very well. So, like, if I was sort of wanting to listen to a podcast, that would be just talking that's one thing but a story you have to pay a bit more attention to mm. but the story had such big gaps with music that went for like four minutes between that you could i couldn't really keep track of the narrative because i found like the music the long kind of um mm. just total music interludes really distracting i would have liked to have just even really heard the whole story and then listen to all the music while i was doing other things yeah but i kind of like captivate like i had to sort of stay put but couldn't do anything in between so i found myself getting really bored mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really repetitive, irritating. Um, I thought it took out all the good things of HG Wells that's in the original story. Really? And just made it crap. (laughs) 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 Because the descriptive, like, nature of the HG Wells story, because I started listening to that as an audiobook as well, because I was doing long drives. Because I think I had read it, like, years and years and years ago, but I'd forgotten Mm. it. So now I'm re-listening to it. The description is so good and, like, so amazing. Each time he would describe, like, the way the robots move and stuff. And and that gets really lost in just, like, the 30-second snippets of Mm. of text that that sort of replayed in the thing. Like, seriously, I would have rather just listened to an audiobook and then put, like, um, Jean-Michael Jarre in the background with some, like, you know, like, Oxygen Part 2. just had that playing and I would have enjoyed my experience so much more. Mm. So I just found it so, uh, like, long and, like... The same repetitive, what do they call it? I saw on Wikipedia, it was like called motif. Like It's like a motif, but like another word, like motif theme or something. Right. It's like that one line that they repeat over yeah. and over again. Yeah, so yeah. whether it's, oh, Nathaniel, which yeah. is so annoying, or is it whatever. It just like, it was just, yeah, I really didn't like it. I, I would have, seriously, if you'd taken all the text and, and I played it mm. for 10 minutes, or you put all the album and I'd play that whilst doing something else, I wouldn't have hated it so much. It was the combination of the Yeah, two. right. And if I'd seen it on a stage production, I would have loved it. I think it would be awesome seeing it live because it's got so much energy and progressive rock and fun things happening. But to just listen to it passively, I just thought it was really bad. Hmm. So I didn't know that they actually had the full recording of the YouTube like out there. So we're going to link that in the show notes. Yeah, I would have preferred because we just had the audio. Hmm. Um, I 
So I uh, grew up, I guess. I started listening to it when I was about 10. Yes. And I've listened to it a lot. Yeah. So I know it almost off by heart. Yeah. Um, well, it's not hard. There's like five lines <laughs> repeated like a thousand <laughs> times. Um, but I find it... Uh, I didn't find it that disjointed because I know the story so well. Yeah. But I can understand that the first time you got to listen to it and you just sit there and like just listen to it, which is hard now. Yeah. Um, so you might need some visual. I don't really need that with this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand how you could. But the, you're right. The stage production is like amazing like, yeah. with the lights and it is full of this energy and you've got just single people coming out talking or singing mm. and then disappearing back um, into the stage. And like that, that element is actually quite amazing. Mm. Um, so that's the media side of things, which I, I don't mind. The story basis of War of the Worlds, I mm. think we can talk about that too. Um, what did you think of that? I think that it's just by snipping it up, as I said, to just, you mean in the play or the War of the no, Worlds? No, just or just generally. in general as a story? Yeah, yeah I really like it. I think it's a yeah. great story. Yeah. I think it's um, very descriptive. Very, I like all the characters. I like the journey, and um, I haven't finished really listening to it again. And I'll mm. have to, but I, I think it's it's great. I love H.G. Wells. I met his uh, great grandson on my plane oh, the yes, other day. Yeah, claim yes. to fame. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mm. yeah, I like that his grand great grandson didn't lead in and say, "Oh yes, I am this person." Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was quite good. Um, there are a couple of things I wanted to pull out mm-hmm. of the story. So the artillerymen, um, that's the one that's building the tunnel. Yeah, that he realises hasn't, he's, he wants to create like a utopia, right? Like yeah. they'll live their whole life yeah. underground and yeah. when they find it, the tunnel's <laughs> only like certain. Yeah, and he says that we'll build everything we need. And this is the order that he says it in. Banks, prisons, schools. <laughs> Why would you build <laughs> Banks as number one. That's, That's so funny. terrible. Is that in the book as well? That's yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like why we build everything we need? Banks, prisons, schools, right under their noses. Um, maybe that's showing that he's getting. He's a bit deranged. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the narrator is playing cards with him mm-hmm. and starts to feel bad. And I think that that element there is a good description of survivor guilt, um, because. You have the narrator knowing that all of these people are on a mass move. His wife is um, in London, in danger. He knows he's, you know, it's not his brother in the, the um, musical, but, you know, the, the brother, he's got family outside of where he's standing at the moment. And he's sitting in this little shitty cave with this artilleryman that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to build a utopia and only has dug like a foot worth of, of tunnel um, and actually just gets drunk all the time and yeah. says, yeah, we're just going to drink champagne. And that's all we're going to drink is champagne. Um, yeah, this this element of feeling, well, I shouldn't actually be doing this and there are other people suffering right now. Mm. Um, that element of, of survivor guilt, of not feeling, oh, how fortunate I, I am and now I should feel bad, but why do I deserve to live? Mm. Um, or why don't you can go further and say, well, why didn't I deserve to die like they did? Um, that's a really good description mm. of that. Um, I like the transition from the artilleryman to the parson as well, mm. or from the parson. So there being this this priest in saying, um, 
you know, this is the devil that actually has been sent, and the devil is going to be taking away um, what is um, rife with humanity and almost welcoming the end of the world. Mm. Um, and then the O Nathaniel bit <laughs> is like the Beth being distraught with her like partner, we assume, um, just going absolutely mad mm. with accepting this death of humanity and going, well, what the hell's wrong with you, Nathaniel? Like, wh- why are you, you like this? Um, you snap out of it, and mm. he just doesn't. Um, it's really sad. It's tragic. And I think that those those different responses that the humans have throughout the experience, because the narrator almost doesn't have a response initially, but he's, he's brought through the experience yeah. and seeing it under other people's eyes. Mm. Um, and that's what I like, actually, about the stage production, because you've got um, Richard Burton, who has this this voice of being a calm, methodical, explaining things. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, he's an actor from the 30s and 40s. So, um, you know, the, the production value of those, those films were not high at that time. You needed someone that's good at prose. It's almost like old school actors actually being in film and their voice is, is carried forth in. So he uses that and Jeff Wayne choosing that type of person I think was really spot on. Um, because then you have this methodical person explaining how he's met with these other people and they're the ones actually showing the emotion. Mm. Um, so as a raw emotion aspect to it, I think that it's good. But I think it's a good connection to H.G. Wells's books. Mm. Um, and you, I, I get what you're saying. You do lose parts of the story with the production. It's... Yeah, I just feel like just, just play the audiobook and put some sort of ambient music in the background. I would have yeah. probably enjoyed it better. Yeah, yeah. An hour and 20 minutes um, from what is... What's the audiobook? About 10 hours yeah, or something? Yeah, really long. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a 200-page book yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, I... Look, I liked it in the beginning. I thought it was going to be more... Yeah, I don't know. To me, it just was this weird between halfway between listening to an album and listening to a podcast, but combining the two, and I just found it a bit distracting. Um, yeah. uh, and I just, re- listening to the H.G. Wells audiobook, it's just so rich in description. Like, even just describing when the um, the sort of, the Martians are just sort of, they've, they've kind of got themselves in a crate where they're there, and every time some people come near, they just come out and, like, laser beam them all yeah, and burn yeah. them. And just how, like, even when they're screwing the, like, they screw the case over Methodical screen, yeah. And so, like, that's just so impressive. And then to just have it kind of condensed down to, like, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, I just think it just yeah. loses a lot. But I, I know what you're saying. They're trying to make a book that's like this into a musical yeah. like this. But I just don't think I liked the adaptation very much. I just thought... Did you know... Uh, so the, the passages that were chosen, though, you don't dislike those. It's just... it's There's not enough of it. Yeah, I think that the, mu- it's the music... It was almost like it was a musical made for just a, an album, and then mm. they put in a few little elements of H.G. Wells' yeah. work. That's how it felt to me, rather than the opposite, which was be showcasing H.G. Wells and then having a little bit of music. Because, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, if you looked at the percentage, I'm sure it's like probably about 10% was actual lyric mm. words. The, the, the songs go for ages yep. in between and so I thought that just kind of removed like it didn't add anything to the experience for me I actually think it detracted I don't know hmm. okay um, on H.G. Wells can we share just the aspect of the Tasmanian Originals because you picked that up as well yeah there's that, that mention so this is from the book um, 
He says, we must remember what ruthless and utter destruction of our own species has wrought, not only upon animals such as vanished bison and the dodo, but upon our own inferior races, the Tasmanians, were entirely swept out of existence in the war of extermination waged by European immigrants in the space of 50 years. Are we such apostles of mercy as to complain if the Martians ward the same spirit? It's pretty um, open engagement with the issues that are going on at the time yeah. with Europe. Um, inferior races. Inferior it's races. A bit is, like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, and he's saying this as you know T. H. Huxley's you know yeah. student. So this is what they were taught during that time. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's just repeating that that aspect. Um, but this is it's quite pointed towards what European society is, is representative and turning a mirror seems quite on critical onto of yeah. that genocide. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you've got to think that this is uh, written prior to um, the First World War, but the Boer War is happening at the time. Yeah. Tensions are starting to rise in Europe. Um, and I think that this is just a perfect representation of the, um, the experience of what is felt by particularly an English person Mm. Um, during Europe, because you've got the British Empire still exists at quite in its height at that point, um, and I think it's a really good representation of that. Mm. Mm. Definitely, no, I think it's good. I'm going to look. I look forward to listening to the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, the other quote I just wanted to quickly yeah. share was the um, uh, the parson where um, he's questioned, and um, it's an aspect of religion. And the quote is, be a man. What good is religion if it collapses under calamity? Think of the uh, of what earthquakes and floods, wars and volcanoes have done before men. Do you think that God exempted us? He's not an insurance agent. It's pretty uh, funny. Yeah. So it's, I think it's quite cool. And uh, to be written during that time and be critical of religion as well, through the eyes of people watching the parson, is actually quite good mm. as well. But in um in the book he's not a parson is he he's called something else so his clergy status is a bit unknown I think I think clergyman he's yeah a vicar he's, something, yeah something like that um, mm. no but I just think it it would be better to have just engaged with the story I would have just rather read the book or listened to the or listened to the radio show the first radio show or mm. listen to the audio book of, <laughs> rather than this but well the radio show loses a lot of the story I haven't listened as well. to it before have you yeah. Is it yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. And there's been modern adaptions of that as yeah. well, using Orson Welles. Um, I think a lot of the furor which came out, comes out of the radio show is actually a little bit of Orson Welles because he's a bit of a showman, oh, you know, right, like yeah. trying to be the bad boy um, <laughs> yeah. of, of uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, with Citizen Kane. Um, Does he narrate it? He, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So he, okay. yeah, he's part of that. And then he's like apologetic yep. apparently afterwards, <laughs> but he's apologetic when the media questions him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with him. <laughs> do you think that TV or radio has like a um, a role to state that it is real in the beginning? Like, do you think it's unethical for a show to trick people into thinking something like that real? Do you think that he should have had a caveat at the beginning and said well, this was. is a radio show? It was a. Radio, oh, was there? Yeah. But I mean, let's say what before each episode. Yeah. Saying that it's not real. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? This is a story read, you know, H.G. Wells adaptation. Oh, and people Orson were still Wells, upset with it. Yeah. That's just silly then. Yeah. I assume that the way that you have heard about in history. <laughs> yeah. The 
but the way I'd heard about it was that it was almost like it, it was easily um, yeah, mistaken. That's, it's just not false. true. Yeah, yeah. It's just the rumor in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. So this is the collective amnesia that yeah. we have with, with this story. Yeah, all I knew is that it was like a really convincing radio show. Heaps of people believed yeah. it was real. And I assumed that that meant that it didn't have a caveat at the beginning of each yeah. episode. And so the problem is so that stupid. people are using citations of newspapers at the time and thinking, well, this is oh, true because right. you get you know, a number of newspaper stories and, oh, yeah, this all must be true. Yeah. New York Times says it, it must be true. Right, yeah. Whereas the academic writing, um, you know, that since is actually questioning that. And, That's so interesting. What? Yeah. So, yeah, and you think it's all because the newspapers had a bone to pick with the new technology. Well, that's through. what, yeah, the modern, the modern theory is, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Mm. Do you, so do you think people were fooled? Um, I think people, if you're tuning halfway through. Yeah, you might get a little bit confused. Yeah. Was this the first, like, radio show of its time like this? No, there's heaps of radio oh, shows really? like that. So there's lots and lots of different things. And there's, um, at the time... I think in my brain, I thought it was old, really old. but it's a... Well, it is. So it's 18, 1895. Is... So how many years after the, the, the original? 1930s. So that's, like, 30-something years after. Right. Mm. But it wasn't like radio technology was, like, new. No. Okay, in my head it was, like, I don't know, super. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's radio programs that existed at the time. Yeah, okay. There's lots of good so they have ones. no excuse, and they're everyone's a pack of idiots. Then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, the Ben Benassic professional that's opinion funny. of people listening in America in the 1930s. Right, a bunch of idiots. No. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen it. Yeah. All those movies blown. Tom Cruise one. is such a problematic guy. <laughs> I mean, so I read you, somewhere that he's he sends people cupcakes, like everybody, what? like he's like a serial cupcake giver. I don't know what I was reading, but really? even people that like their brother was in the same show that he was like Louis Theroux was in at his grandma's birth or something, and Tom Cruise sent cupcakes for something. I don't know why he just really? sends cupcakes. Yeah, I just read an article and I just thought it was really funny. Wow, he's like a serial cupcake giver. Okay, that's true. Because <laughs> he. You know, you see the uh, Scientology stuff, and he seems yes. like a bit of an asshole, yeah? Yeah. Um, and then you see him driving in a car with Conan O'Brien, and he's he's a doofus. Yeah. Like, he's... I don't know. I like I have a love-hate for him. Yeah. Like, like, at one point... Yeah, he does seem... Like, in some films, he's really good. I watched a sci-fi with him recently, one of the newer sci-fis. It was, it was on Netflix. It was so bad. Like, so bad. He was playing, like, the ubermensch, like... American hero. Oh, I think I've seen that one with it. And he's up in the no, no, no. I like Interstellar. No, this one's up. He's up in like they live in like these egg kind of shaped buildings. The world's ended, and he Mm. drives drives around on a motorbike trying to like repair and stop certain things. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? I couldn't even get through it first half hour, and I liked sci-fi. I just thought it was terrible hmm. he's like he goes and plays baseball he's got this like affection for american culture yeah. even though after it's all over he's like i just need to like play a bit of baseball and he's like he's like kind of sitting up putting on his like yankees cap on yeah. but he's like preserved from like the war or whatever hmm. he's like playing just a bit of baseball just men and my baseball bad and it's just i thought it was so bad it's yeah. very odd like that do you remember what it was called premise? no oh, it's forgettable anyway. it was um, so bad <laughs> um the premise is quite odd, mm. like last person alive. Sort of it was well because there's a community that's away from Earth. 
Hmm. And they've been left to preserve the like the energy creation system, yeah. so the energy what it fusion thing, things machines. I've no idea what they are because there's no energy in space. So. Yeah, whatever atomic. <laughs> I don't even know what they were anyway. But he would drive around and stop the aliens or I guess the enemy from attacking them. Anyway, it's yeah. just you're looking up what it's called. I am looking. Okay, up. I'll keep yeah. um, criticizing the film. Excellent. And. <laughs> The woman would wait, so the other woman that's meant to be a team member would just wait at the ship at, for him, and and he and she'd be like giving him really good instructions about how not to die, and he'd be like, yeah, so I could do that, but I'm gonna like risk my life anyway, and then he'd be like coming back in and flying yeah. around, and so it's oblivion, no. Oh yeah, and he brings her a flower, like a plant. Do you remember this scene? He brings her a plant, and that's she's right. like freaks out because it could have like germs and stuff, and he's like, he's meant to be like yeah. this full on like. So what was it called? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. I think. What's its uh, reviews? Or is that a different one? He's in so many sci-fi he films. He is in a lot of sci-fi. Oblivion, maybe? Oblivion. It's got more Morgan Freeman. I don't remember Morgan Freeman. Sorry, guys. A bit, we're just working out our oh, shit. Oh, I don't think... So no, security, yeah, yeah. Security repairman. Yeah. I don't. I didn't watch that far from Morgan Freeman to come oh, in. I don't remember it. There you go. Yeah, that's him walking. Oh, yeah. Tom... Tom Cruise. Cruise Oblivion. Oblivion. What's the reviews? 53% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. IMDb is not normally a good indicator, is it, for film reviews? No. No, no. they're Rotten Tomatoes because there's something with the collective um, responses. Yeah, so if you're looking for a film not to watch, that one would be it. Yeah. If you liked it, please send me an email and enlighten me on what I missed. <laughs> I freaking hate it. <laughs> I didn't think it was that Really? Bad. Oh, was... my God. He's, he was such a two-dimensional character. Like, he just had to, like... Yeah, all sci-fi is like that. No, there's some really no good sci-fi. No sci-fi. There's some really good science fiction. Mm. Yeah, that one was not it. Mm. I think... No, but the tech was actually quite cool. The tech and the yeah. out and the visuals were really good. Yeah. Why do they feel like then they don't need any characters or plots or dialogue? They get, no. It's like they can only have one. Yeah. Can't we have both? See, War of Worlds with him in it is not great either. Yeah. It's not like it's it doesn't... Got a, doesn't have a different name. Is that is it called? I thought it was called Independence Day or something. No, that's not. Alright, I get them all. <laughs> that's not <laughs> That's definitely not it. Um I thought it had a different name. That's what I'm sure it's what Maybe it's called more. Let's go so. have a look. War of the World. This is gonna be stunning listening for all. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's War of the World. Oh, it's War of the World. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen it. He's a dock worker. Yeah. And it's, you know, him cowered underneath this sheet of metal with kid and stuff and oh and then oh. there's cars that are actually falling down a pit and it's just the same old crap. <laughs> we have really diverted from Anyway. But Tom Cruise. Oh yeah. How he's yeah, love hate relationship. What was he? Anyway, we're not. We're not we can do this all day. What was that one film? Where was the one good in? film. The, the one. one good, there was a good one ages ago. Isn't he in Top Eyes Gun. Wide Shut? Yeah, he's. I like him in that. Top I like Gun. that film. Top Gun. Yeah, I like. Mm. I think I've seen those. Yeah, he's yeah. no Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's no. no Jeff Goldblum. That's true. I saw Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. I think I watched yeah. it the other night. Yeah, yeah. he's good. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like it. He's very young in that. It's very, mm. it's very attractive, especially when he's young. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's anyway, we, I think this is we've run and truly um, can just we could just continue this boring conversation without it's recording. Not that boring. <laughs> we've mentioned Jeff Goldblum. Can we have an true. episode on Jeff Goldblum one day? Just can we do um the blue? No, can we do the fly? Oh, the fly. Can we do a review on yeah, the fly? I love that movie. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that Adam. Resurrected. That's disturbing. Oh, you sent me the link for that. That's really disturbing. Anyway, um, yes, we can review all of these things in future times. 
Um, Next anything week? Anything else on... No, first day, anything oh, okay. else on World of Worlds? No. Um, I would recommend listening to the audiobook, listening, reading the book, um, listening to the radio show, and then if you've got time, listen to the musical. <laughs> I disagree. Can we give it, can a, we give it a review? <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? David and Margaret and David. Margaret, yeah. Margaret? Margaret and David, yeah. Um, I always start with David and I'm like, Can we no, give it no, a, a, a mark out of Nathaniel's? Ten out of ten Nathaniel's. Ten Nathaniel's. Oh Nathaniel. How many? <laughs> Are you gonna give zero? Because it's no, oh Nathaniel? It, no, I'm not gonna give it zero. I'm gonna mm. give it four and a half out four of ten. Four and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, that's a, a brutal review. Yeah. Uh you have to and do then for the book. Do you want to stretch at that? Or the book? Yeah. I have to listen to it again. Okay. Stay right. That's pending. Mm. In a couple of episodes, in a couple of weeks, I'll give you the review. Okay. Uh, for the musical, um, I kind of wish that you watched the Oh, me musical. too. Yeah. Because it's, it's really I good. It it's so good. Um, yeah, it's better than the album on its own. So I'll have to do 7 out of 10 because mm. the, the stage production is really, really good. It's like an eight or a nine. It's so good. Um, the book, I, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I can't really floor it, but mm. yeah, yeah. Um, before we go, why is that scratching on the wall? Oh yeah, I'll read it out to you. Standing on the outside looking in, room full of money and the born to win. No amount of work's going to get me through the door. Walker, nineteen eighty. All right, someone scratched something in 1980 on the wall. Yeah, it's That's really... um quite scary. We didn't say where we were. We're in the Red Room in Fisher again. Yeah. So now we've got, like, this familiarity with the room. Um, yeah, we, I didn't notice that writing before. Didn't you? I have seen the writing on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it says Red Room. Do you really think it's 1980? No. No, no I think someone wrote it, like, last week, for sure. <laughs> Someone's going, yeah, 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 it's right, it's 1980. It's like that message of, of those that dwell under the stairs that we found in um, John Woolley building. What? Yeah, Dan, Dan found this message. Oh, he's just making that up. No, it's a real message. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but I reckon that he, he made it up. Anyway, um, that is it for this week. Next week, we're going to annoy everyone, um, and particularly the villagers of a town, because we're going to be playing a video game. And the video game is called the Unti- uh, uh, Untitled Goose Game, and it's produced by House House. Um, I've seen video clips, and <laughs> <laughs> I watched the little trailer as well. It's pretty it funny. Quite looks amazing. I love know. ducks, but they're assholes. They really yeah. are, and geese as well. Yeah. Goose, gooses. So, yeah. Well, maybe we can share next week what our favourite animals are. But there's a pattern with mine. Are they all annoying? Yeah. How did I guess Lemurs. Yeah. yeah. Llamas. Oh, they all start with L? No. Oh. Geese. Oh, okay. Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. I like ducks too. I like all birds though, really. No, I don't like all birds. Really? What birds do you like? Most of the other birds. Pigeons? I, I, no, you they're like pigeons? okay. Like, I don't hate any animal. Do you like pigeons? No. Eye buys? No. <laughs> you don't the, like eye The majestic eye buy? No. I love them. They, mm. they have like, a, there's a tribe of them across from me in my apartment. They're pests. Yeah, oh, I will tell you, you like funny. like pests. I like all animals. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one funny story before yeah, we go. Okay, okay. So, I am a very light sleeper. So, anytime there's any noise on the street, often I'll wake up. So, so I have special earphones <laughs> and made And you move up. to the main street of Lakemba. Yeah, it. I know. So, I have, like, special little... Because normally during winter, it doesn't matter because I'll close my window. It cuts yeah. a fair bit of the noise. But anyway, during when it gets hotter, 
Mm. I have to have the window open. So I've got special little earphones I've made, like like proper um, earplugs that are made for my ears that pop in. You've heard of these? Okay. Yeah, anyway, that's not the point of the story. Yeah. The point of the story is <laughs> very light sleeper. So I didn't have them on, but every night at about 3 a.m., somebody's been driving past, parking right outside my house, <laughs> idling and having a conversation, right? Oh. So the first night, so maybe three nights ago, they came and did it and talked for like, tw- I think, half an hour, and I just tried to ignore it because it just travels straight up to my window. Something about the acoustics, like, whew, and I can hear very yeah. well what's happening. Next time, somebody else came and did it. So then, so the first night, I just tried to ignore it. Ignored it. Second night... This was the night before last. They came again. And this time I was like, I got out of bed and I went right up to the window and like hid behind the curtain and I went, <laughs> and they stopped oh. instantly because that's how well we can hear each other. Like, yeah, yeah. And they kind of, after like 10 minutes, drove away. And then last night someone came and parked there and I don't know if it was the same people because it wasn't at 3 a.m. I think it was more like 1 a.m. So it could be someone else. Okay. So some people just like to idle right near where we are. I don't yeah, know Yeah, you've got a big driveway. Like, like it's yeah. a big flat area to park in. So yeah. someone came and drove and they are listening to like mm's, mm's, mm's music like for ages and I woke Tom up because normally he's a deep so good. I woke him up I'm like Tom, Tom, someone's playing music right outside our door and he gets up and he's like I'm going to throw tofu at them <laughs> because we can't throw eggs. You can't throw eggs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm like don't throw tofu but we're like kind of like half asleep but anyway he goes in and we have tofu that we've had for ages that's so probably a bit off. Yeah. So he goes in and gets the tofu ready and, and I'm listening out and like, but luckily the guy drove away and we didn't end up throwing anything. Um, but you still got the tofu still tofu yeah, yeah he's ready good. he's ready <laughs> but i don't know it's funny like i don't want to start like a full argument because i don't want to wake up so much you know how you're still kind of a little mm. bit asleep but anyway that's my story about people how driving by 27 yeah, this is it this is <laughs> yeah this is the downfall this uh, is what yeah you, you, but i've yeah. always been a light sleeper no 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 but you're now annoyed by other people's music oh uh, i've always been annoyed at other people's music <laughs> <laughs> i'm like born as like a, always a critical woman, yeah. six-year-old yeah <laughs> Mm. Um, but I actually don't dislike 70s music. I, I, as I said, the music itself was okay. The mm. vocals was okay. Combining the two was distracting. I mm. didn't like it. You don't like Unsun's music, though? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I like Unsun's music. Really? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, um, Yeezus stuff. Yeah, Ministry of Sound, Club Tracks and stuff. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you out with more War of the Worlds, which uh, is great, and you should all listen to it. Yep. Yeah. Bye. Bye. A gentle rain falls softly on my weary eyes As if to hide a lonely tear My life will be forever autumn Cause you're not here through Covent Garden, Blackfriars and Billingsgate. More and more people join the painful exodus. Sad, weary women, their children stumbling and streaked with tears, their men bitter and angry, the rich rubbing shoulders with beggars and outcasts. Dogs snarled and whined, the horses' bits were covered with foam, and here and there were wounded soldiers, as helpless as the rest.
saw tripods wading up the Thames, cutting through bridges as though they were paper. Waterloo Bridge, Westminster Bridge. One appeared above Big Ben. before in the history of the world that such a mass of human beings moved and suffered together. This was no disciplined march. It was a stampede, without order and without a goal. Six million people unarmed and unprovisioned driving headlong. It was the beginning of the rout of civilization, of the massacre of mankind. I looked up enviously at those safely on board, straight into the eyes of my beloved Carrie. At sight of me, she began to fight her way along the packed deck to the gangplank. At that very moment, it was raised, and I caught a last glimpse of her despairing face as the crowd swept me away from her. Like the sun through the trees, you came to love me. Those fallen leaves lie undisturbed now 